0: Hey guys, good evening. It is the eve of Independence Day, and I know we said we're going to record quickly. You know, last week we we're going to be back on the Thursday schedule, but our schedules didn't allow for it. Uh, I'm Andy Branham. Luke Troll is right across the room from me. Luke, how you doing today?
1: I'm uh, still fat and full from lunch. You know, I had a, a bounty of
0: ribs and cheeseburgers. Well, it has been an awesome day. Um, in case you don't know, in case you're joining us for the first time, this is the Slinging Stones podcast brought to you by the Thrive Evangelistic Ministry. Um, we are just excited. We had a uh, a great day. We've had a good week. It's been hot, but you know what? It's been it's been actually a pretty decent finish to the week. Long weekend. Um, it's it's been a blessing. Today was today was really interesting. Really good to. Kind of, you know, get a take on, you know, independence and freedom. I thought, you know, Brother David, Dave Alexander did a great job on his, uh, on his, on the front end of our service this morning. I thought it was great. Oh, man, he knocked it out of the park in the way that it inadvertently
1: tied in with Pastor Derek's message on freedom it was just, I, I love the way the Holy Spirit does that, meshes those things together and gives each one of them more relevance. So I'm very
0: thankful to have the freedom that we have to be here today doing this. Exactly, exactly. So um, once again, just uh, kind of getting you all up to date, if you're just joining us, we have you know launched the evangelistic ministry, which is called Thrive. We're on Facebook, T-H-R-I-V-E, evangelistic ministry. And what this ministry is, it, it's going to be several components put in, but what this ministry is ultimately to you know, on my side, uh, the Andy side is kind of, kind of more directed at men to kind of help with men's ministries, help to, um, you know, speak to men, help to grow men spiritually to become the, the peace that God needs them to be in the house. Um, the leadership role, the leadership role in not, not only the house, but also in the community and in the church. Um, so it's, um, it's exciting, you know. We're right on the initial launch, really, really, really infancy of it. Um, but ultimately, we're 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 in it for the long haul. We're trying to um, see what's coming next, what God has for us. You know, booking gigs, whatever, whatever God leads us in the right direction. But um, so uh, we're really excited about that. You know, Luke and I have had unbelievable support in it, and this is something that's been thought about, prayed about, and 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 really. Um, Came 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 to light pretty easily, if you ask me.
1: Yeah, it was over a year in the making. You know, it, was a, so, it wasn't something that happened overnight. It's something that we talked about a lot, and God opened some doors and He closed some doors and uh, moved some furniture around for us to get where we're at. So I'm 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 excited about it. He moved, he moved a lot of furniture in my house. A Whole lot of furniture, <laughs>
0: refrigerators and stoves, refrigerators and stoves, beds. And, 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 and good thing he gave me a strong back for it. Right. So, and a patient wife. And a patient wife. Yes, I love you, Jennifer. So, <laughs> so um, look, he done got me flustered. I dropped my I dropped my headphones behind my back. That's great. So, um, so here's what here's what we're gonna do. We are gonna to we're gonna launch into um, verse eighteen of chapter one in Romans. Um, I'm, I'm sure we're not gonna get very far because. Like I said, you know every almost every piece of scripture throughout Romans has got a just a ton you could talk about, and you know if you really wanted to dive into, you could spend several weeks on these, but we're we're pushing through we're going at a lightning speed, yeah, lightning speed um I'm just you know
1: I'll be excited to find out how we're doing in the podcast when we get to heaven
0: <laughs> and we're on chapter three, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, let's start this thing off right. I'm gonna pray us in, and uh, we'll get this thing started. So let's go to Lord in prayer. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for the blessings, the opportunities that we get to, uh, you know, be into your word and 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 just glorifying you through this podcast, through any platform that we get a chance to stand on. God, I pray for the men and the women who ever listen to this have the boldness to proclaim you in public when they get the opportunity. When they see someone or see you show someone to them, that they give the opportunity to glorify your kingdom and look for that awesome chance to, you know, help someone out with their salvation or their faith and their walk. Um, God, I pray for everybody listening. I pray for a safe uh, Independence Day tomorrow and a a safe work week as we go back into the work week uh, on a short work week on Tuesday. And God, I just thank you for everything that you've done, everything that you're doing, and everything that you will do in our lives. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so guys, when we get to verse 18 here, we're, we're, we're kind of hit on a subject that a whole lot of people don't want to talk about because we we hear, you know, of God of love and all this sort of stuff. And not many times do we talk about a God of wrath. And wrath, wrath is a scary word. And, you know, to a lot of people, new Christians, they don't want to hear about a, you know, a god that can have some some vengeance and anger um you know and you know it's funny you don't really ever think about you you don't ever that that really doesn't come to mind when you think of noah and the ark you don't see it when when moses and and the 40 years wandering in the wilderness you don't see it in sodom and gomorrah you don't wrath does not come to the forefront everybody teaches different lessons and everything but there's a lot of times we leave wrath out of it and it's almost like sugar coated if you ask me. Well, you know,
1: the word wrath is a verb. It's an action. Anger is an emotion. But wrath is God's anger poured out in something in the physical. Yep. Um, And when you have God angry enough at you to pour out his wrath on you,
0: Mm -hmm. that's something to take notice of. Yeah. So, um, so, as we talk about this, if you're new to faith, definitely don't go at this with, you know, don't 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 take our word for it. Research it. I, you don't take anybody's word for it. Research it in God's word. It's the best thing you do because the best understanding of wrath that you're going to get is your research into God's word and praying to God. God, I'm, I'm ignorant in this kind of in this subject in this in this alleyway of of knowledge. Help me grow in it. Help me, you know, meditate on the word, meditate on, you know, what, what wrath means in what you read and allow God to define it for you. And, and I promise you this right now, you'll come away with a better understanding because God's involved. Absolutely. When you
1: understand that there are different forms of wrath that God has the ability and has throughout the scripture poured out as judgments on different people. It will make you view challenges in your life in a different light. Yeah, um, I know it did mine. You know, I used to think, "Why does God allow this to happen?" Until I started understanding that, you know, God truly is a God of wrath, and then you start to see things differently. And and I look at my own life and see some of the challenges that that uh, I have faced, and a lot of that, there's no doubt in my mind that I was I was being I had victimized myself and caused God to pour out His judgment on me. And God allowed me to be my big old stupid self and then deal with it. But the great thing about that, the flip side to that wrath, is as even as the example that David gave us in his life, when God does take His wrath out on you, He's still faithful to forgive and love.
0: Yeah. Um, so, you know, we see in... This this uh, this verse, you know, and the verse says, verse eighteen in chapter one of Romans says, "For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth." So, you know, we see, you know, God that He sets the wrath, you know, and we see that, you know, Paul here sets the wrath of God, which a man must incur. You know, if he's deliberately blind to God and worships his own thoughts and idols instead of him. You know, in the early parts of the Old Testament, the wrath of God is, um, you know, specially connected, uh, specifically and specially connected with the idea of the covenant people. The people of Israel were in a special relationship with God. He had chosen them and offered them their special relationship, which would obtain So long, which they would obtain, so long as they kept his law. Now let me explain something to you. That's great. That's grand. That's awesome. Wonderful. He had a special covenant with these people. He punished them justly. We have a special covenant with him. If you're if you're saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, if you accepted Jesus Christ into your heart with 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 the First Corinthians fifteen, you know if you have that in the Romans eight. You have a special covenant. You have a bond. You have that with God. It's not the Israelites. There's a new covenant, right?
1: Well, I will just, you know,
0: I look at it from,
1: I just, I kind of dumb it down. Um, I am really glad, and I've said this to a lot of people and a lot of times, and I'm, I probably said it on this podcast. I'm really glad that we live under the new covenant that way I don't have to worry about God opening up the earth and swallowing thirty-five thousand of my closest friends and neighbors.
0: Yeah, you're exactly right. So, you know, Paul speaks of Paul speaks of God's wrath, you know, only three times. Here in Romans one, Ephesians five, six and Colossians 3:6 where in both passages he speaks of the wrath of God coming upon the children of disobedience but quite frequently Paul speaks about the wrath without saying it is the wrath of God without saying it is the wrath of God as if it ought to be spelled out with capital letters and was kind of an impersonal an impersonal force at work in the world in Romans 3:5 the literal translation is God who brings on men the wrath In Romans 5.9, he speaks about being saved from the wrath. And in Romans 12.19, he advises men not to take vengeance, but to leave evildoers to the wrath. In Romans 13.5, he speaks about the wrath as being a powerful motive to keep men obedient, which I like that one right there. Um, In Romans 4.15, he says that the law produces wrath. And in 1 Thessalonians 1.10, he says that Jesus delivered us from the wrath to come. So you take all these, all you've got, what, four or five right there? Just different grasp of the, wrath, of the wrath. But the ultimate one is that final one. That final one really kind of took me aback by looking at it going, well, that's exactly right. If, you know, not only am I obedient, if I've got... You know, if I'm, you know, obedient to Christ and and my relationship and my walk with Christ, he's delivered the wrath that should come. He's delivered me from it.
1: Well, it's not that that wrath hasn't already hasn't come or didn't come. It's that it has already come and Jesus took it. Jesus took on the cross the fullness of the wrath for everything that I've ever done or ever will do. Jesus experienced that wrath and he took it upon himself because he knew that me as a mortal man and my eternal spirit couldn't handle it. It just couldn't handle it. You're right. And you know, all these things that you talk about with wrath, each one of them does something different. Sometimes it's a deterrent. Sometimes it's a steering tool. Sometimes it is a, a source of comfort the source of comfort being again as we just discussed that jesus took that wrath on himself mm-hmm. there's a source of comfort and then it's the source of physical judgment yeah where 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 god pours out his wrath literally on people and that in itself can can unfold in different ways um you know it's not above god to just take someone out that needs to be gone they just God just does away with that person. Um, but it also, another way that God pours out that wrath on people as a judgment is he just leaves them to it.
0: Well, we, we, were speak, we, we speak about this, and, and this is where it's going to come down to this conversation that's close to home. Look at the men. The, it talks to men specifically. It It, it says men. Mm-hmm. You know, how many men completely ignore who God is, what God is, and go about living this idolistic, you know, self-pleasuring worldly lifestyle. Even I'm gonna—I'll even go further. How many men sit in the church? How many men that are listening right now? How many of you pick up your Bible other than Sunday? How many of you actually even carry your Bible to church on Sunday? How many people pray regularly throughout the week? I'll even give you this: How many people you pray? How many people on this listening to this podcast pray at least three times a week? It is sad to think that we are obedient to God when we don't pray. But once or twice a week, we don't pick up a Bible, but Sunday, even if we do take it to church, it gains dust on the nightstand and we are pathetic servants to someone who saved us from an overall ending that we probably deserve more than anything. We, you know, we we deserve it more than anything else. We sit back and we take it for granted, and I promise you this right now, and I hate to be all judgment and rapture-like and all this sort of stuff and revelation-ish, but you're going to regret it. It is going to be a regret. What you look at on your phone, how you treat your wife, how you go about your life, how you talk, how you pray, all the substance you put down, how you treat your kids, how you lead your kids. The next generation is going to be a messed-up generation because we do not take God seriously.
1: Well, we've cut God out of society. And to go back on what you were talking about, I'll take, it, I'll take it a step even further. When you walk into church, and I'm not saying you, and I'm not saying that anybody listen to this. I'm saying you as a generalization. But when a person walks into a church and their head is so big and full of themselves mm-hmm. that they can barely squeeze their ears through the door,
0: yeah.
1: where do you leave room for God to work on you? When you walk in the church and you kick back in the seat and act like somebody there owes you something, you have just become the rich man pounding on his chest in the synagogue for everybody to see. And the Bible, Jesus said very clearly, I assure you he has received his reward in full. That is wrath. That is God allowing you to bury yourself. Handing you the shovel, making the dirt soft, and letting you just dig. And eventually what you find at the bottom of that pit is emptiness and hell.
0: Well, we we look at, and I saw this post, and I thought it was a good one too, and I shared it with you. I texted you Mm -hmm. on it, and it's talking about the four-generation fade. One, parents don't make church a high priority for their kids. Two, kids grow up and make it less of a priority for their kids. Three, those kids grow up and make it no priority for their kids. And four, kids grow up with no concept of God. So, our priorities today impact generations from now. And and guys, I'm if it's echoing, I'm sorry, we're in a different room tonight. Um, logistics, just we're nomads, playing. nomads. We are nomads. So here's here's where I have an issue is when let's just take what this weekend is, and our location is right next to a lake in Central Alabama. When we say, "Well, we're not going to go to church. We're going to celebrate Independence Day. We're not going to go to church. We're going to, we, you know, we we don't get to the lake, but maybe once a once a once a summer with the boat. We're not going to go to the lake because you know what? Doggone it! Missy's going to be a senior this next year. We need to make sure that we have some family time. We're not going to go to church because, man, I just don't feel like it. I had a rough Saturday and a rough week, and it's been hot, and I deserve a little air conditioning." Let me answer all those questions real quick for you. All right. Here goes my tirade. Luke's looking at me like, where am I going I'm with ready. This? I'm ready. Let me answer this for you real quick. One, you should celebrate God way before you celebrate your independence in this country. God gave us independence a long time ago before this country was even founded. God absolutely comes before this. If you want to know the hierarchy, it should sit in your house. It should be God your wife, your kids, and then everything else that falls behind it. You do not have, you do not have the luxury to put anything above God. But I guarantee you this, your bass boat, your lake boat, everything beach boat, beach towels, beach house, soccer game, Auburn game, Alabama football game, any football game, Atlanta Braves game, any of this all is putting priority over it because your butt's not at church. You're sitting at home because you had a rough Saturday night because you drank too much. Bud Light just took hierarchy over God. You don't want oh, I had of hot week at church. Guess what? This church's air conditioning works mighty fine. It is cold in here, but I guarantee you this. If you come in here and you worship right, you ain't going to be cold. That's right. It is absolutely asinine to think that you can claim and put priority of something else over God. And if you think that you're better than God, which you're doing it right there by prioritizing over Him— you need to reevaluate your life. And it's upsetting the fact that there's, I get it. We can take vacations. I get this. I take vacation once a year, every year. But I promise you this right now. When I'm on vacation, that Sunday, I'm at a church. I'm at a church. I don't watch it online. No way, Jose. I am not going to do that. I'm going to get involved with a body of believers somewhere. That's right. I have a bunch of friends around the country that have churches. Not going to do it. And if you think, oh, well, I watched online. I was there. Bullcrap excuse. Let me go one further. If you think just because you've served at church for 30-something years and you can't put your butt in a Bible study, you've got another thing coming. You're not above it. Your servant, your servanthood does not. Your, well, God, I just sixty-five years. I've been sitting there reading your word, and I've served, been a deacon, been on a benevolence team. oh heck, I was the pastor's assistant at one point. It don't matter. You don't get it. That's not an excuse to stop. It's not a hall pass, guys. This is, the, this is exactly what we're speaking about in verse 18 when he when he says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who are by their unrighteousness suppressed the truth. You are suppressing God down by putting priorities above him. And I'm sorry, I may have gotten the whole definition wrong, but we are failing this country. We are failing our kids. We are failing our churches, and we are failing future generations because we as men— suck we're failing each other amen we're failing the
1: church and we're failing jesus um what if jesus took the same lackadaisical attitude with us when we need him as we do towards
0: him well i'll tell you what let's you know what luke you're getting way too theological there let's put it in simple terms so people can understand if nick saban said man i'm just tired this saturday i ain't gonna coach and you lose 70 to nothing guess what you're gonna want his head on a platter. Head on a platter. Well, I'm an Auburn fan. Brian Harson, he ain't great, but he's doing, he's trying. It's that way. If you don't, if you have full dedication to what you believe in, and, you know, Rick Burgess said it perfectly when he came and spoke here and he says it on his radio show. We know these guys' stats. We know their mama's name. Well, that running back, his mama, old Cassandra, she did good raising him, man. He's a quick boy. He he can run a 4-2-40. He's, he's averaging 3.7 yards on third down. That's all you need. You know, three, three downs in a cloud of dust, and we got it. You know offenses. You know defensive schemes. You can call the play as soon as they line up. You know recruits that are two years out from even being out of high school, 16-year-olds. Guys, think, just for a minute, close your eyes and think that you know stats and details about a 16-year-old that you have no affiliation with. That's not your son, not your daughter, not your friend's kids. They don't even go to your church. That's embarrassing. It is not that important. But I promise you this, when you're burning in hellfire and you're just in a pit of misery, you're gonna be like crap. That really didn't mean a whole lot. That's right. People people immerse themselves in things that are absolutely worthless. I used I used to think, oh my goodness, guys. I'm gonna be honest with you. I lived and died by Auburn football. I lived and died by it. It would ruin my weekend. I didn't want to go to work. I, pff, they lose on Saturday. I mean, we were good at losing, but they lose on Saturday. I didn't want to go to work. It ruined my week, guys. I don't even. I don't hardly watch a game anymore. I actually. Uh, Last year, I'm going to be honest with you guys, I watched one game, and that was the game I was at. (laughs) That was it. I listened to a couple, but it just doesn't upset me. Man, I have put my fist through TVs. I have pitched fits. I have gotten my wife mad at me. I've yelled at my wife over an Auburn game. I tell you what, here's how bad I get. I'll I'll pull out full vulnerability. When me and my wife first got married, I turned around and told one of my brother-in-law's, to shut his baby girl up, like a couple months old, because the game was on. That's bad, ain't it? That's pretty bad. That's bad. bad. Guys, this is what we're doing. We're putting priority over this, and I hate to just slam on this, but guys, when we are sitting at the beach or the lake, or even those workaholics, when you're sitting at work on Sunday thinking that a dollar is going to make your family happy, no, your eternity eternity and their eternity is going to make your family happy you want to be a leader, you want to be a provider, the Bible says that a man should be the provider. That's not funds. That's not green cash. That's not wampum. That's not denarii. That's not that's not no, no type of currency that you can think of. That is eternally providing your family. What Bible study are you doing? How are you leading your kids in the right direction? And i tell you what, I'll even go less than that. Are you even teaching them manners? Cause half the kids don't have manners. I promise you, you put the word of God in front of them, and you learn. You'll learn manners pretty quick.
1: Absolutely.
0: So, and we went off on a sidetrack, but let let's because because we do come around to a point. There's three points actually in the, in this piece of scripture. Um, one is, you know, the wrath of God is a reality. It is a reality, and if you don't think it, just wait. <clears throat> The rapture's a wrath of God because what comes after that is not fun from what I've read. Number two, God's wrath is revealed from heaven which means here's one thing, we're not going to see it coming. Number three, God shows his wrath and becomes angry with two classes of men. A, men who are ungodly and righteous. The ungodly fail to love and obey God. Those who do not live as God lives. They do not work at developing a godly nature and do not honor God by word or action. They do not worship and obey God as the true living God. The ungodly do what they want when they want. They ignore God in their day-to-day lives. The unrighteous fail to love each other. They are those who do not live with others as they should. They cheat, steal, lie, abuse, enslave, destroy, and take advantage. God is angry with these men, men who are ungodly and unrighteous, men who do not love and obey God, and men who do not love and treat others as they should, as they should. And then you got the second one, men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Men who know the truth from, th- from men, we, we know the truth from three sources. From nature, as stated in coming down in the verse uh, 20 of Romans 1. The reason and conscience from Romans one eighteen and Romans 2.15. And then from Scripture, in reference in that one, is John 5.39 and 2 Timothy 3.16. It states in Jeremiah 17.9. The natural heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. You want to know where this world's going to pot? It's the natural heart. It's the people who think that they know best. They don't care to know God. They think they know best. You want to know a sad state of affairs? The sad state of affairs is we've got people that walk around literally breaking into stores broad daylight have no care and concern in their mind and steal right in front of people. We got people walking up and shooting people point blank, not covering their faces, not trying to hide it. We got people disrespecting law enforcement in a way that is unreal. We got people that are disrespecting let's put it this let We got people that are, that are so mad because We want to save babies. You got protests happening that, oh, you've taken away our freedom of our right to choose.
1: Yeah, imagine going and protesting because you can't kill a child.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just, you know, uh, and and you want to say, oh, it's not a baby. Oh, it's not a baby. Oh, it's not a baby. Hey, guys, I'm going to be quite honest with you. If you're one of these Darwin lunatics that think that we all came from amoeba, you of all people should know that that microbiological cell that just got created in your, a uterus is a living thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. You are hypocritical and my goodness gracious, I hope you change your ways. So let's go one thing further. We sit here. And we walk outside of our houses every day, and I can't wait. I cannot wait because, I mean, we're not going to dive into 19 and 20 because there's there's a lot in 20. I, like I told Luke before, I said, we could go three weeks with creation. We walk outside every day, and I was sitting – it was funny. I was sitting at the gym this morning. I was looking out the window, and I was looking – there's a field across the, across the parking lot road behind the building over there. I got excited. I hit the mic stand. So um, – There's a field and man, you know, there's purple wildflowers, there's pine trees, there's oak trees. And then you start looking at, there's asphalt, there's brick, there's mortar, there's a roofing product. Um, And then you kind of kick over to the right there and you see jacks, there's hamburgers, there's, 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 there's hamburger buns, there's french fries, there's, and you look at cars, there's these moving parts in cars, there's oil, there's gas, there's all these things. If you really don't think that a brilliant, unbelievable creator created all this for us to have and us to work around and work with, if you think we all just crawled out of the ocean one day like a tadpole and somehow breathed air, if you think that a meteor hit this earth and somehow, somehow we 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 put it down to one hundreds of a thousandths of a millionth of an inch one way or the other we're burning up or freezing to death and you've got a pole up here and a pole down here that stays cold an equator that stays hot an atmosphere that's conducive that we don't even know if another there's not another planet we found and we're pretty deep into space looking for one that doesn't have the same thing and then we've got Trees of all different kinds that grow in certain parts of the country that grow just beautifully. You've got all this, and, and I could go on for days with this, and you want to think that you know best, you want to think that you know right, and you want to think that you don't have to, you don't have to, you know, understand who God is to avoid the wrath of this creator that can do, that can create all this and snap of a finger. I'm going to tell you right now. You saw where Paul stands in verse 16 when he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. You saw how like boldly he stood. He's giving you the complete opposite of what I'm not ashamed of the gospel is in this verse. These are the people that think they can walk through life and they're invincible. And the one thing that I can state is we're not guaranteed. We're not guaranteed the next minute. We're not guaranteed the next day. We're not guaranteed the next week. And we've kind of saw that. I'm not, we're not going to go into details, but we kind of it, saw that from last week to this week with somebody at church. It's not guaranteed. So what do you think is going to happen? We're going to come back as a dog. Well, I hope you come back as a labradoodle with a bad owner. In like a puppy mill or something, <laughs> but it's we go we go to we go to this extreme to think that you think we we we're all here we're all came to be just to die and go nowhere to just be done. We have morals, we have ethics, we have these things that set in our mind with our conscience. That to me, just it's indescribable to think that they just go away. We have an opportunity to, for those who have know the faith, have been in church, maybe you're lacking a little bit, but you have an opportunity to glorify God's kingdom every day when you walk into work, when you go into the gas station, when you go into Walmart. But the problem is you refuse to do it because you don't want God to interrupt your time. God, I got, I got, man, I gotta find me a bathing suit. I can't have time for you. See what what you don't understand is the blessing that comes from answering and being obedient to God, is way better than how that bathing suit's gonna look at look on you in the mirror. It's way better than how you're gonna feel when you get out on the lake and start drinking mar- margaritas and mai tais. It's way better. It's way more fulfilling. And then you find yourself finding it further and further and further and further you keep taking it one step further and one step further and the next thing you know you're so ingrained and so you're so developed with with God you're 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 just you're wrapped up and you're contagious you're contagious to all those around you and the next thing you know you're you're being a disciple and you're making disciples and you're growing God's kingdom and you know what i'll tell you what here's the benefits for you you live a better life. It's a better morally and ethically right life. You probably stop doing some bad habits. So you live a little longer, help wise. You know, there's these things, but you know, you know, I, I just to me it, you know, I just can't sit back. And Luke, we talk about this all the time. It's hard to sit back and see people take it so lightly.
1: That was that was a sermon in itself. I wasn't expecting to get a second sermon today, but thank you. It made it made me think about a lot of stuff. Man, you were nailing it. I I, I was thinking a lot of the same things as you were saying it, and it, it really blessed me. Um, but this one verse, I went back and reread it about a half a dozen times. It's almost prophecy. Um, you know, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all. Ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Everything that you just mentioned is happening right before our eyes, mm. right now, every day. You don't have to look outside the church to see it. You can look inside the church and see it. You can look and see it every Sunday morning when you see it. And you can see it even more by lack of participation on Wednesday night. Mm. You know, how many churches do you know of now that currently have Wednesday night service as well as a Sunday night service? There it is. It's revealing itself. The people who, you know, there's, I think there's 160 something genders recognized by the federal government right now. Mm. How is that not unrighteousness? How is that not suppressing the truth in unrighteousness? Because the truth of the matter is there are two genders. God took care of that way back in the Garden of Eden. Oh, yeah. It's either option A or option B. The rest of it is a distorted perversion of man's imagination. And as far as the wrath goes, church numbers are dwindling. Here a couple of years ago when they did the survey of people who, uh, within the Christian community, they go out and they, they, they poll these people of how many are willing to admit that they are actively involved in a communal congregation. For the first time since they've been doing this poll, it's dropped below 50%. Mm -hmm. Again, there's more revelation. Um, Paul was telling us right here what we can all expect every day. When you get people inside your church that are more concerned with talking about loudly talking about the people standing on the stage trying to sing praises to the Lord than they are getting their worship on themselves, something's wrong. I would venture to say, and I'm not being judgmental, but they're not there for the right reason. When you get people that are more concerned with, wow, those shoes came from Walmart, or did you go and pay 300 bucks for a pair of shoes? Just to walk into church on Sunday. It's become a fashion show and, and it's become less about the Lord and more about your own personal views on
0: legalism. Well, and you could take it a step farther that people don't even want to try to, they don't want to try to, um, they don't even want to serve in departments because I don't feel I'm called that way. Key word, I don't feel I'm called that That's way. That's right. You know what? How, How does God say, feel about that? Yeah. Calling? Are you did you put prayer into that? That's right. Did did you ask yourself through prayer that you could be there? You know, it's you know we did a thing at our church. Um, we did a thing at our church. Um, what was it a year ago? The the spiritual spiritual gift. gifts. So the spiritual gifts test, and I promise you this right now, there is maybe five to ten percent, maybe better doing oh you're being generous and i probably am you know look I get it it's it's and I don't know why we're reckoning so bad um I get it we are we are in a you know it's weird to be called to do something and a lot of times God's gonna challenge you to do it you know it's not gonna be something in your comfort zone when I was called to this to the ministry to do this right here man I was thinking god there ain't no way I can do that nobody's going to listen to me i'm not I, guys i'm gonna be honest with you i'm i wasn't really a public speaker i didn't really like having long conversations i didn't really like talking for a long period of time but you know after fighting it for 6 7 months and then finally giving into it i gave into it but god provides a way if we're obedient especially to glorify his kingdom and it's amazing you don't think he does just yeah and he's not going to just provide it
1: he's going to pave it and give you the vehicle to travel it
0: oh yeah I mean, you know
1: talking about the, the, the test um, I went back and did some more research about just ch- churches in general and participation and what I found to be a common factor with the churches that have taken and, and implemented this spiritual gifts test there's one common thread and you'll never guess what it is it is that the people that took the test and are participating? Were already doing it before they took the test. They were already doing it. Yeah. It's like less than one percent actually dove off into their spiritual gift and tested the water.
0: Well, you know, how do how do we how how often do we challenge ourselves to be on you know to be on a spiritual awareness kind of a walk? So, And what I mean by that, how often do we walk into a store or walk into any situation with God on our mind and how to glorify God on our mind? That's that's key there. Um, I find myself having great conversations about God on the job site. And I'm in construction, and a lot of these guys, they don't want to hear it. Um, so, you know, there's ways, there's ways to glorify you know, and guys, I, I hated to get—I I hated to get on a, an absolute rant, but l- let me put it to you this way. And the reason that this kind of hit so passionately is, you know, I have a soft spot in my heart for men and where men need to be in their lives. I was—if you're listening and you're not saved and you're living, you know, a drug-filled, alcohol-filled, nicotine, tobacco-filled life and you're walking through this world just kind of going to work and you know you find your wife you and your wife fighting a lot you find you know discord on every corner of your house that you can possibly find don't have to be that way it, it doesn't have to be that way i was that guy it didn't you know it, it you know it would i was so out of it when towards when i towards the end of you know before you know i quit drinking i was so out of it i didn't even recognize my wife crying anymore but it didn't even phase me. I didn't recognize it. I never hit her. I never was verbally abusive. I never recognized it. I walked right by her crying. She said she, she would spend nights laying in the bed next to me, weeping loudly. And I'd be so drunk, passed out. I'd never hear it. She'd be praying to God. Hey, God, either take him health wise or fix him. Because she was about done with it. Guys, you, you think you're not oblivious to it? You are. You are so oblivious, and you'll see it, and and God will create the Band-Aids and the Neosporin to mend those cracks and fissures that you created, those wounds that you've created. It's not going to happen overnight. Not going to happen overnight. It's going to take time. But I tell you what, if you step up, and you step up in in what you need to do as a man, what you need to do as a godly man, over time, God will take it. He'll remold it. And he'll present you as a better person. He'll present you as a new person. He'll present you as a better man, a greater man than, than you've ever were, because as soon as you accept Christ in your life, in your heart, you become a new man. But you're not completely fixed. That's where a lot of people stop. That's where a lot of people think that they've got it made. Well, well daggum, I was saved. Well, I just... Oh, I saved. You know,
1: if... if that would be easy, wouldn't it, Luke? Oh, it'd be great. Uh, I was,
0: and I'm glad you segued into you know, my comment. You no, know, it's just, hey, I'm saved. Woo! It's it's you got to go further. You can replace a tire, but if you don't put air in it, it's not gonna drive. That's right. Well,
1: there's this this thing that some of these feel good preachers want you to think that once you get saved, everything's gonna be all right. You're not going to be fat anymore. You're not going to be ugly anymore. Um, your feet ain't going to stink. You're going to have money in the bank, and your wife's going to start liking you. I need to find that guy. Yeah, none of that is true. <laughs> none of that's true. We all want a bed of roses, and we'll eventually get one, but not in this life. But the one thing you got to understand about a bed of roses is you still got to deal with the thorns. Mm. You still got to deal with the thorns. I will say this, and and if you know, you know consider my servant job some days your job
0: well all right guys we we're gonna we're gonna step back we we've we've hammered down and we've hammered on whoever's listening we may have lost every listener after this one um, but that's okay that's okay um, guys we we do appreciate it um, it is it is if you can't tell that we're passionate about it I don't know how you can't tell now. Uh, if, you, if you don't think we're passionate about it, come sit with us. Because I can promise you this right now, Aina, I haven't looked or even glanced over at my notebook probably in about 25 minutes. <laughs> and it's just been Luke and I staring at each other, just hammering down. And these are the conversations that we have on a daily basis. We I'm love over We're
1: nailing it to the wall. We, and hammering we, at the end. we would
0: love. Yeah, we, we just nailed up our 95 theses on the door. That's um, right. No, but if, it, you know, we can Zoom you into one of our phone calls in the day, and you would probably see the same thing. But, um, no, guys, we do appreciate you listening. We do appreciate um, the support. So, you know, once again, you know, we're on Facebook, Thrive Evangelistic Ministry. Um, like, follow, um, you know, it's it. this week got sidetracked at, you know, working on making sure content can keep coming out. The podcast will be po- would be posted to it. So uh, one of the things that we definitely want you to do is share it. Get other listeners, get get people involved. Um, comment on it. Tell us what you think. If you didn't like this thing, heck, comment on it. We'd be more than happy to have a conversation with you. That's right. We're not above a great disagreement and conversation and still walking away as um, people who respect and love each other. Um, but I will say this. So if if you are a men's ministry or a church that's looking for an opportunity to do you know a type of event you're looking for a speaker luke and i are available if you if you want to book us you can email uh, thrive evangelistic ministry at gmail.com just to kind of get contact on that side we'll we'll exchange some numbers and some phone numbers and we'll kind of figure out logistics but we would love to come sit down with you um if it's a men's ministry we would love to come talk to your men we'd love to sit down and see what you've got going on as a men's ministry that's kind of our passion we'd love to sit down and kind of look at you know the growth look at your men hopefully you know find some ideas because everybody's different everybody thinks differently and we would love the opportunity to sit down and see if your men if something there is that can be customized to your men um you know, um, and we would love to pray for your men and be a part of the prayer and the praying for your growth in your men's ministry as well as you know any ministry. And and also if you're a church looking for a speaker, do the same. Email us and we'll go after. It. But one thing I did want to start, I do want to try to do this every week, and it's going to be tough, but I think this is going to be um, definitely fun to do. But I do want to shout out a ministry every week that that we know about, or we kind of say, I think, you know, a lot of people need the publicity and the marketing and I think it's really cool. So this week I do want to shout out. um, So there is a, a, a guy that he's the pastor of redemption church in Chelsea, Alabama. It's got him Aaron Knight, And he has kind of taken upon himself to, to re to recreate and, get a Christian camp out of my hometown in Chelsea back going Hargis. And he has done it. It is amazing. A developer bought it, was going to put some million dollar lake houses around it. He was able to get it. This is a 60 1960s Christian camp called Hargis Christian retreat. And he's done it. They're at camp. They're doing camps now. That's awesome. Um, I've been out there. I've spoke to a couple uh, men's ministries in Chelsea, just kind of round men's ministries ideas with those guys. About seven or eight churches were uh, represented But man, guys, this guy has got it going on. It is awesome. He's on Facebook. I'm actually wearing one of his shirts right now. It's a good looking shirt. It's a great looking shirt. It's an ugly
1: man in it, but it's a good looking shirt. It's an
0: ugly man in it. But, you know, one of the things, what's cool about this ministry is is this church has a great men's ministry. Um, They do a great thing every month. They do a Tuesday night deal um, where you meet at Hargis, you bring your own meat, they grill it, and you just hang out. But this guy right here, Hargis is close to my heart because I spent several summers going every day to go swimming with my buddies. My mom would drop us off. It was like a dollar to get in and swim. And then you got $2 for a bag of chips and a Coke. And once we got through swimming, we went to the gym, we played kickball. And I, I can vividly remember those days. And it was a blessing to me. I wasn't, you know, very, we didn't go to church a whole lot back then, but just going back and seeing the memories. But that is a really, really cool ministry. If you want to check them out, they're Hargis, um, Hargis Christian Retreat or Hargis Christian Camp on Facebook. Or look up, um, he's the pastor of Redemption Church in Chelsea, Aaron Knight. I'm pretty sure he'd love the plug. Um, you know, So that's, that's kind of what we want to do. We don't want to hang this in to just thrive and thrive and thrive alone. We want to give this thing an opportunity to grab some legs, help some other ministries out with some promotion stuff. But just wait, just wait. This next week we got another one. Um but we got we got to attend it first, so and I can I'm not going to give it away. <laughs> so Luke 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 and uh, another buddy of ours, they charge a, they've charged me with finding men's events. I can't find them. I can never go, find to them. to go to and somehow I've got my ear to the ground. I'm like um you're like a black hole for finding men's events. So, I just so what I, what I do, what I do is I do kind of like the old Indian guys. I put my ear to the ground. And I can just hear it. Hear the drums, beat, boom, boom. boom, I can hear boom. it. I can hear that. The men's ministries have a beat, so, um, so we're excited about that. This it's a cool thing that we're going to get an opportunity to go do. Um, not sure how it's going to go because the place we're going, I'm, I don't think I've ever seen anything men's wise for them. Um, but we're excited. Uh, definitely want to. Um, I'm gonna shout them out next week. They're on the list. But, guys, we we, we we look for your input. If you've got a ministry that you want to promote or you want us to promote, send it to us. ThriveEvangelisticMinistry at gmail.com. Let us read into it, at least. We're not going to just promote everybody. Um, that that would go south probably quick. Uh, but we want to make sure the doctrine and everything <laughs> towards our beliefs is good. That's right. No golden calves. No golden calves. Uh, nothing like that. <laughs> we are, yeah. So, um but with that being said, guys, we appreciate everything with all the listens, all the fun we get to have. Luke and I are just extremely blessed to not only have y'all as listeners and our church is very, very excited and and they love to hear about what we got going on, but we're just excited. We've got great, we're great friends. We, we enjoy talking to each other every day and, um, you know, actually, hopefully, um, you know, next, well, I'm not going to, I'm going to leave that out too. We're going to we're gonna let that one be a surprise too. So um, but what we're gonna do is we're gonna end this thing. I'm gonna let Luke pray us out. But guys, y'all have a great and wonderful Independence Day. Um, celebrate it with your families, do so safely. Um, and if you get an opportunity, if 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 you get an opportunity and you think it's time for a change, and you and I'm gonna let Luke, I'm gonna let you go through the uh, steps to salvation here in just a second, but if you get an opportunity to change, Reach out to us. We want to hear that you the, the, the opportunity. Maybe if we've helped you, and if you need a family Bible study, let us know what you're doing. We'd love to hear it. Man, I'm
1: always I'm always eager to hear um, feedback. I love the feedback. That it's one of the things that it seems like when uh, when I get to that point of is anybody out there? Is this thing on? Is anybody listening? We find out some of our brothers in Texas are listening. Or, you know, somebody in California is listening or New Mexico is listening. And that's always a blessing. But a bigger blessing than that would be to, for me to find out that today was the day that you came to know the Lord. And it's real simple. I mean, you know, we're coming up on Independence Day tomorrow, a day that we celebrate freedom. And what better way to celebrate celebrate freedom and independence than to become independent from death, hell, um, and no longer a slave to sin to be free and free indeed. You know, if, if you're in a position where you're ready to meet Christ today, there's no magic words, there's no special prayer, there's no secret handshake. You just cry out to the Lord and confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that uh, Jesus Christ, Jesus is the Christ and the Son of the living God, that He was uh, crucified as a man, buried and resurrected on the third day, and that He did all that for your sake. Because the Bible does say that he did that just for you. He also did it for me, and he did it for Andy and everyone else. But he said that he would leave the 99 to find the one. And my friend, you are that one. You are that one. And if you aren't that one, if you already know him, spread that gospel to somebody else. It's not yours to keep. After you receive it, it's a perpetual gift that you are charged with giving to other people. And that's why Andy and I, that's why we do what what we do. Um, You know, God has charged us very solemnly to go out and spread that gospel message and we're sharing it with you today. So my prayer for you today is that uh, if you don't know Christ, that today is the day you come to know him. Just know that he is willing, he is ready, and he is able to meet you exactly where you are right now. So with that, let us pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for this day that we've had. I thank you for the service that we had this morning here in our church. Where we learned uh, how our nation is indeed grounded and founded in Christian faith and Christian principles, and Father, that you are the one who makes us truly free and free indeed, Father, that that you paid the ultimate price, and that we are bought with a very high price, Father, and I just I thank you for paying that. I thank you for bearing the wrath that was. That was mine to bear. That you didn't have to, but you chose to, and you chose to because you loved me so much, Father. And I just thank you so much for that, Father. I thank you for my brother Andy. I thank you for his friendship, and I thank you for his words today that have just—they've really inspired me. And Father, I love the way Your Holy Spirit works. The the things that He was saying are the same th- same things that were that were in my heart and on my mind, Father. And I just love the way Your Holy Spirit just. It just brings things like that together, and it just bolsters me up, and it just blesses my spirit, and it it just reignites the fire inside me, Father, to keep on pushing and keep on fighting, Father. And, uh, Father, I pray that if there's one here under the sound of my voice that doesn't know you today, that today be the day. Today be the day that they don't just come to you, Father, but they run to you, and they fall at your feet. So, Father, keep guide and direct us until we come back again. All these things we ask in Jesus' holy name. Amen. God bless, guys.